This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support this show. Get your bonus episodes and ad free episodes. Mm-hmm. And hello. Hi, Hammond. How are you? Cold. Me too. Constantly for the rest of our lives. Gang, it has been. Why do we live in Illinois? Zero degrees this week, and one of us works at a barn. Which one do you think <laughs> it is? And who's the one complaining about being cold? <laughs> It's been fucking miserable, gang. It I mean, been. oh boy. Like, All right. And everyone is... loves the weather talk. Well, listen, Let's... it's a fucking polar vortex. We're de- it's climate change. It's happening. This is me dealing with this bullshit. I have to cl- like, ugh. All right. I hate the winter. Let's but talk. But I hate the summer. What's wrong with me? Is this what being old is? You just can't deal with anything that's yeah. not 65 degrees? I don't, I mean, it's not like you're saying, I don't remember you saying, oh, this has been the best week. Ever. No, that is true. I, also had to sleep in a virtually unheated apartment at the barn for oh, that's fun. reasons. So, like, it's been a rough one. Drop my laptop, broke it. Not a great week for me, Hemant. Go ahead. Let's give me some good news. Excellent. I have none. Let's start <laughs> with, uh, did you know George Carlin just came out with a new special? Did you listen to George Carlin haven't Ever. tried to bully me. In, oh, like in real life? In real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember very clearly. Wa- I remember watching George Carlin, The uh, Five Things You Can't Say on Television, and my mom watching it with me and saying, isn't he a little old to be speaking like that? That's my main memory of George <laughs> Carlin. Actually, my primary memory of him is as the guy from Dogma. He played a cardinal <laughs> um, who was a bad person. So, yes, George Carlin was a really important figure. If you're not aware of him, Especially in the middle of the 20th century, stand-up comedy became this place where people could espouse truths in a way that most other mainstream publications wouldn't let you. This sounds very, like, ter- like whatever. But your, your Sam Kinnison's and your George Carlin's were speaking kind of truth to power in a way people hadn't before, and people were arrested and all that stuff. I don't know the, the history of it. But what I think is interesting is that George Carlin made a career making fun of conservatives and their sort like that's what kind of the whole thing about um about the five things you can't say on television were about he also does the 10 commandments bit about yep. like it could all be narrowed down to don't be an asshole or something Pretty like that much. so basically he was one of the first people who was um speaking about religion and how kind of silly it was with with a lack of respect and with a lack of like what with the appropriate <laughs> amount of respect well okay yes but but this was unusual understand that like there was a time when you didn't really question people's religion unless they're catholic and trying to be yeah, president yeah what carlin did that was so interesting is he talked about big picture issues it wasn't about current events that's right. why so many of carlin's bits will still go viral today because mm-hmm. even if he delivered them 30 40 years ago uh, after O.V. Wade fell, like mm-hmm. his opening for one of his specials, which was like 10 minutes about abortion, mm. still held up like over time. And, and that f- you can't say that about a ton of comedians and where the funny it thing, ages well. Yeah, especially white male comedians <laughs> from the middle of the 20th century, which had some like really not great <laughs> pieces of art. But I, I think my favorite thing is that boomers currently, conservative boomers will use pull quotes from him to be like, oh, kids these days are soft. You guys would never have been able to deal with George Carlin. It's like, George Carlin was making fun of you, not me, my <laughs> dude. Like, okay. Yeah. He, um, like just said, he did this whole bit on the Ten Commandments. He f- has a, probably his most famous bit was about God. That's the one I've seen over and over where he just talks about why religion 
is a problem, why religion is hypocritical. But again, he died in 2008. Mm -hmm. I was already an atheist when Mm -hmm. I really started listening to him. So it didn't make me an atheist, but I could see why his stuff resonated with a lot of atheists I know more than most. He was such a careful writer. I think that's kind of what it is. He took it very seriously. Very seriously. The wordplay mattered. And and that is a really special, I think, type of stand-up. It's not the only, but I love these sort of really tightly uh, constructed uh, writing. I find yeah. it really He wasn't fun. ad-libbing. He wasn't going off the exactly. cuff. Exactly. So Carlin died in 2008. I think there may have been a special, like his last special that he did for like HBO was about death. So yeah. we talked about all that stuff. There was one more special, I think, released uh, after his death, which was something he recorded after 9-11, but mm. it was not timely at that time. So it just like, happened to come out then? Yeah, I think uh, the title was like, uh, I'm going to screw it up, sorry. But it's like, I wish everyone was dead. Which is not a good thing to post after 9-11. No. So it kind of uh, got shelved. A, a pre-9-11 era title. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you haven't obviously heard new stuff from him. Because it's not like he recorded stuff that was just sitting on the shelf waiting right. to come out. Right. So what happened last week is that... A YouTube channel, a podcast that has a YouTube channel, put out what they said, George Carlin, I'm glad I'm dead. 2024, full special. It's like, um, what's that about? (sighs) And basically, this is a one hour. When I say George Carlin, you should assume there are giant quotation marks around his name. It is an AI generated special, they say. That is new material of what George Carlin would say today. Mm-hmm. And it's created by a group. I, I say group. I don't know what it is. Called Dudesy. D-U-D-E-S-Y. And this is a podcast. Are yes. you making? Are you mocking me with that title? That's yeah. not the real title, is it? That is it? the title. It is Two White Guys, yes. It is, is a it? podcast run by AI and sure curated by humans. Are you for me personally? <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently curated by humans, but it's created by AI. And the uh, comedians, the, the humans, are comedian Will Sasso and writer-producer uh, Chad Kultgen. A writer did this? Well, here's the thing they say. It's not entirely clear how this new special came about. If you watch the special, there is a disclaimer at the beginning that says, the machine, like, listen to all of George Carlin's material and then, quote, did my best to imitate his voice, cadence, and attitude, as well as the subject matter I think would have interested him today. Jesus. That's what they want you to think, mm-hmm. that this was fed into AI and this is what was spit back out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That seems implausible to me, even with the technology we have available today. It is possible that this was written by or heavily edited Mm -hmm. by a human before going through a filter that made it sound like it was coming from Carlin. Maybe. I mean, Will Sass was nothing if not an impersonation dude. He does a lot of stuff for the NFL. Like, he's always there. Oh, my God, Will Sass. He was on Mad TV. He did John Madden when he was there. I know exactly who that is. Of course that motherfucker is going to parody some shit because he's not smart enough to think of his own shit. But he doesn't do the Carlin voice. And, in fact, one of the videos they also... Everyone does a Carlin voice. (laughs) But he doesn't do this Carlin voice. This Carlin voice was like... Weirdly uncanny. It wasn't perfect, but Uh, it was there. But the thing is, again, I don't know if they were acting or not, but they played bits of the special mm. for those two guys. Mm. And Sasso says in the 
that video like he was a fan of Carlin. Of course he reveres Carlin like so many comedians do. And he's listening to it theoretically in real time. And he's just like, holy shit. Wow, it is as if you are listening to him today. Yeah, it's because so it's his sees, voice artificially well, created. This so is this so is the question. Dumb. This is the question. We don't actually know yet yeah. uh, how this thing was created. Now we can, and then there's the whole question of the ethics uh-huh. of all of this, which we will talk about as well, because yeah. there were a lot of critics who are like, what are you doing? You don't say like we fed every Beatles song into the computer and this is the song it generated yeah. and then pretend it's the Beatles like it's not them not even close. and if you want to if you want to cover them that's one thing that's mm. totally fine but to say this is what they would have created yeah. in theory even though we all know and you're admitting it's not right. there's something very weird about that some might say it's a disgrace to his carefully crafted comedy because like we said he thought long and hard about exactly yeah. how to craft these jokes and that's what i want to get to um in in if if the, and this is, i'm going to take all of this at face value hold right? that thought for a second God we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the ethics of all of this in a second I want to talk about the logistics of it. Sure. Talk because, about the logistics. Okay. So I used to do stand up, not for, uh, you know, just for a couple of years. I was never super successful. Um, but stand up takes, or I guess depends on how you do it. When I did stand up, good stand up. <laughs> and that's, you know, people can get up there and bullshit and that's their skill or whatever. But for me, I'm a writer. So my stand up is primarily in my writing. Um, and I had notebooks full of premises and half ideas and punchlines with no setup and all this stuff that I would just sort of thumb through when I was trying to write something new. Also, I was working off my experiences in the world. And so even if you say I was a successful comedian, right, and I had three HBO specials, even if you took all of those, or eight HBO, 100 HBO specials, and you took all of those, put them in somewhere and spit it out, it wouldn't have all of the shit in my notebooks that I'm flipping through. It wouldn't have the voices in my head of, I remember how a person said this and I thought it was interesting. It wouldn't have like the digestion that is being a writer and understanding why you're saying what you're saying, what the effect is, how it flows with what's before and after, how it's going to affect your audience, how the energy is going to dip and rise. Like these are things you have to think about. And I think to say that if you watch somebody's comedy specials, and that means you know how their comedy is and is created, I think is so woefully naive. Because people, like, if you've ever talked to a comedian working on their next special, they're on the road working their act. They are fine-tuning it. They don't just write something and then go on HBO and go, hey, here's my HBO special. It's an hour and it's perfect. You have to work on it for a year, for 18 months. You go to shitty college town, to shitty college town, Figure out what works and figure out what doesn't work. And that's how you craft stand-up. It's not a sum of its parts. It's more than that or less. But in this case, I would argue more. So one of the things that's interesting with this special, if you look at the track list, what does fake George Carlin go after? And here's some of the things that he discusses in this hour-long quote-unquote special. God, mass shootings, uh, Trump, the two-party system. Trans people, we'll get to that. Mm. Social media, being dead, billionaires, dying. Like, okay, you're talking about big stuff here. Interesting. I'm going to read you some of the stuff he says mm-hmm. because, again, imagine In it's Carlin's. Carlin yeah, voice. I'm not even going to try. Please. 
don't have it. So, but this is the first couple minutes of the special. Here's some of the God stuff. People are always thanking God for the good stuff in their lives. But somehow, they conveniently forget that it's the same God who does all the bad shit, too. And he does a lot of bad shit. Okay. Elsewhere, it's all bullshit. If he gets credit for the good stuff, then he's got to take the blame for the bad stuff, too. You can't thank him for curing your cancer when he was the one that gave it to you in the first place. And don't forget... Before he gave you cancer, he had to fucking invent it. I, I mean, mean, all right. That's not good. It's not. It's Because. Because it's childish. It is the most obvious thing. Oh, if God is good, why do bad things happen? That's what eight-year-olds argue about on the playground, my dude. Like, that's not interesting or insightful now or his, original. His famous bit about religion is like, God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everything. Mm-hmm but he needs money. Like, I don't know that that's that different from that, where it's like, that is atheism 101, right? Anyone who's thought about this stuff is, those are questions you would come up with. What I was trying to figure out is, for all the people who are criticizing the ethics of it, and again, I will get to that in a second, I don't know, if I heard this in a Carlin special, let's say in the early 90s or something like that, I don't think it would have seemed that far off. Not that it's far off. It's just not good. Like, that's all I is say. It, is not. it not good it's because not we're so used to this type no, of stuff? No, it's not good because, because it's why is not his old an stuff original good? observation. Because he was making in, interesting... Why is his individual- old stuff funny? Be- okay, about first God. of all, the obje- uh, trying to be objective about comedy is stupid and pointless. So let's put that aside for a second. But he was saying things that people had never said in public before. He was drawing attention to the hypocrisy of not just like a belief in God, but the church. So if God is so great, why does he need money? That's an interesting line to go down because you're... But it's not original. He was just clever in how he phrased it, yeah, obviously. That's what... Being funny is, yeah. Hemant, we're no. not all original people. What we're are just we arguing good at phrasing about? things. I don't under you're not mad enough about this. You're you're No, I don't get I still could not figure out for people who were mad about this, they were mad about the ethics of it all. I could not understand why they were mad about the material. Or at least I didn't read because much about, about people that? who are mad about the material because it's like, could he have plausibly said this in okay. a special 30 years ago? Honestly. Yeah, probably. Okay, here's the important question then. Let me circle mm-hmm. back to this. If I said that, that little thing about, oh, God's cancer, you know, he invented cancer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think you would, acu- you would mock me. You would mock me of making a hacky joke, which is... Is it a hacky joke, though? Because um, I'm so used to it because Carlin did it so well 30 years ago. No, that's a hacky joke because it's written bad. Okay. Read it again. Yeah. Uh, which part? God, oh, what? We thank God for the good yeah, things. Yeah, you can't thank him for curing your cancer when he was the one that gave it to you in the first place. How? That's not an original thought. Of course it's not. Neither was God needs money. Neither is the yes. Ten Commandments suck. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not like Carlin was the first op- person to no, come up with this. No, but you're operating on as if like a thesis of a stand-up thing is what it's all about. He's, about, he's talking about God. So it's not whether or not talking about God is hacky. It is whether you're approaching it in an interesting and unique way. I would argue he was approaching it in an interesting, unique way, maybe a way that people did not think of in the 70s and 80s and 90s of these sort of televangelists. However, if you thank so why God is for this curing... Hacky? Because it's unoriginal. Why is it unoriginal? Because, because, it's been we've, been, because be- we've been talking about... Not us. Like, in general, people have been saying this sort of thing 
for so many years. Yeah. We've, if you've ever read a book about atheism, you've come across this. Yeah. If you've ever seen a meme on Reddit yeah. on athe- about atheism, it's something like this. Uh-huh. Is it because we're so used to it? No. Or because it's bad? Two, those two things aren't mutually ex- exclusive. That's what I want to say. Uh, like if the- I'd never heard Carlin before... Ever, then you would have been on Facebook and heard if every 18-year-old sure. saying the same thing since the beginning of linear time. And this is, if if God is so good, then why do bad things happen? So I go back Maybe to, if, this is, off if point, he did this in 1990, you're not, I feel like you're not understanding me I totally at don't. All. I don't know what you're mad about with this stuff that he's supposedly even, saying even here. Even in 1990, mm-hmm. saying, if God is good, why do bad things happen? Is a hacky premise. That's that the whole premise of his material. Me. That you have to stop interrupting me, okay. Hammond. I will fly across this table at right. you. If I, you like Patton Oswald has done a bajillion things about religion. He has done the thing of listen. He was the first person who said, "Oh, I oh you because of the Bible." Look, I'm glad you have a book. That's wonderful. I love that you love that book. However, you can't make us all live by that book. He did some kind of joke to that extent in like 2005 or six. That was the first time I heard about that. Or heard of that, of a phrase that way. Oh, you have a favorite book. You're twisting what people consider the Bible as this sort of like headline thing to just a book you really like. The way I like Phantom Tolbooth. So he's um, converting, like he's converting what the Bible is from that to this. And then he is, and then he's saying, um, that, oh, it's just a favorite book of yours. There's no reason I need to. He's cutting down what the Bible is. It was original. It was interesting. It made me laugh. It made me think. I see something like that, that sort of comment of, I'm glad you love that book, but it's not our favorite book too, or something like that, all over the place on the internet. That's hacky because it's just repeating a premise that they have heard. It's not an original thought. He's not saying anything original. And most importantly, the thing with comedy there has to be some kind of surprise in it. That's what makes you laugh. You're kind of surprised. It's a twist on a premise. It's um, my wife ran off with my best friend. Okay. I sure will Let miss my best friend. This. I'm not done All yet. Right. It's it's a twist on something. What is the twist on if God is good, then why bad things happen? That's what makes it hacky because there's nothing original in it. There's original observations to be made within the premise of good God, bad things. This ain't it. Okay. Here's another uh, quotation Um, He loves you. He loves you, and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all-powerful, all-perfect, all-knowing, all-wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. That's from an actual special. Yeah. Here's from this new one. Um, You know how much God loves killing people? He loves it so much, he killed every person that has ever lived. He created earthquakes, lightning strikes, dehydration, drowning, obesity, starvation, infant death syndrome, old age, car crashes, train crashes, plane crashes, sex, drugs, and the common cold, all for the express purpose of killing you. It's not that different, is my argument. So? Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. 
And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Like so you're the one that's mad about it. Because so so what if I make My, I, I if agree I make with a you. fax of an original painting and I photocopy it and you're like it's the same thing I guess but it's not art that's exactly, it's not anything okay it's but just, you're going into the ethics and I'm asking about the comedy. I'm not talking comedy. about ethics. I'm talking about the comedy. I'm saying if you photo if you like take a I don't picture think we know a, what we're arguing about. No, I know exactly what, what I'm arguing. What are you really mad about? frustrated because you are getting hung up on the idea of if he said something similar in this AI thing, which is pulled from his former standup and it's almost as good as his former standup, then it's good. What do you, what are you arguing? Sure. My argument is if I heard this in a special that George Carlin actually made, let's say in 1990, I'd, probably think it's funny sure and i'd probably think yeah i've never heard it put that way before that's really funny and if people who are religious and new to any of these arguments because they've never thought about them Mm -hmm. before heard this i'd be like oh this is the sort of thing i totally would share back in the day if i could sure um because in terms of the writing and stuff it's like oh you're saying things i already know but you're saying it in a clever way ai george carlin and in the comedy sense of things it's like all right it's not the worst i'm arguing against the fact that it's funny um, because it, anything is nothing it? you read to me was funny, but but but, but hmm. I I think it is. I, I think you're. If you I think say it's not, if, if it's this not came funny, out, it's because I've heard Garlin before. I disagree with that as well. I, I think there's also we were talking about different things. If this yes, came out, I in, said that you got mad at me for saying that. Well, because <laughs> I didn't realize if this comes out in 1990. Yes, then that's a completely different. Okay, I guess, fine. So fine. it sounds like gr- you agree with me on everything I just said. No, no, said. no. I will grant you the premise that the observations that came out might have been somewhat interesting or funny yes. in the 90s. However, yes. what good is it? Like, why are we doing this? To what point? Because there's nothing new. Because also, let's not forget, George Most Carlin has... is not new. It's saying the stuff you already believe in a clever way. In a way you might not have considered before. Do you really think that Carlin's... If you said, hey, Carlin, your new comedy special is just putting together other shit you've said and we're going to find new subjects to plug in so you can do your fun thing that you list. Obesity, plane crashes, Mm -hmm, car crashes. mm -hmm. We know George Carlin loves to do that runner thing. Okay, what can we plop into there? Like, this is the kind of comedy that... It would be we would make fun of somebody for doing this because it's it's like it's playing his old songs over and over. You know what I mean? Like that's my point. It sounds like something Carlin could have done in terms of trying to match his stuff. And especially when you hear it in the voice and the special, it's like, yeah, I could see how that could pass for him. Is it funny to me? No, but only because I've heard it before. And a lot of that comes from hearing it from George Carlin when he released that stuff. I guess then my question for you is, is this a positive thing? Like, why are we talking about it on The Friendly yeah, Atheist? that's what I want to get to, but I couldn't because you were saying well, you had things to say. because you're being insane okay. about this. You're being absolutely illogical. <laughs> you're supposed to be the funny one. I don't even one. know what you're mad about. I'm mad at so, you. So, 
The, and winter. I was curious, what's he gonna, what's fake George Cullen gonna say about trans people? Because I know what Chappelle has said. I know what Ricky Gervais has said. None of that's funny I mean, to that's me and it's punching is... down. So I looked at the trans part of the George Carlin fake AI special. Here's the joke he made. And honestly, I thought it was good. Okay, here's the joke the computer makes. The, the reference here is that there is a trans swimmer, Leah Thomas, who did well in college swimming and all the right-wing people are mad about it. Mm -hmm. So here's the comment made in the special. For every superstar like transgender swimmer Leah Thomas, there are a thousand trans athletes who are absolutely mediocre. And there are even more who are fucking terrible, just like it is with cis athletes. Not everyone can be great. I think we need I think all we need to do to change hearts and minds is start making compilation videos of trans athletes performing miserably in their chosen sports. All it would take is one video of a trans center getting dunked on to go viral and then everybody could unpucker their assholes about the issue and move on to other things. Yeah, and that's I'm pretty like, funny. That was pretty funny and I was like, "Huh, AI George Carlin is way better on this topic than actual comedians who get paid lots of money for their specials today. I think what's, what does that say about? Well, <laughs> any I think of what's chapping my ass about this is that it's putting words in a person's mouth yeah. who did not say them, and yes, I think that is what it's always going to get out, get down to because. Look at what Ricky Gervais, uh, John Cleese. Who else has gone fucking insane? Everyone. Start up the other way. Who hasn't? Yeah. Dave Chappelle. They have all gotten rich and crazy and transphobic for some reason, because apparently that happens when you have too much money. You just become transphobic. We'll keep recording at this point, but we just did a hard cut right there. And Jessica can tell you why. <laughs> I just got some really shitty news. Everything's terrible. Don't worry about me. But if I sound very different, it's because I've lived a thousand lifetimes in the millisecond of silence you um, you just heard. So just don't mind me quietly weeping. Go ahead. Let's fucking slam jam through this terrible episode. Let's talk about George Done. Carlin. This feels I'll important talk. Now. You chime in whenever you want to. It's all good. I did find it interesting about the trans uh, topic that the fake Carlin was just funnier to me than any of the guys getting paid a lot to do stuff today. Let's talk about some of the ethics of all this, because Kelly Carlin, his daughter... Whom we've interviewed. Who we have interviewed. Um, she was one of the first people... Uh, here's her statement. My statement regarding the AI-generated George Carlin special. My dad spent a lifetime perfecting his craft from his very human life, brain, and imagination. No machine will ever replace his genius. These AI-generated plot products are clever attempts at trying to recreate a mind that will never exist again. Let's let the artist's work speak for itself. Humans are so afraid of the void that we can't let what has fallen into it stay there. I think that's really well put. It is It is well put. I agree with her that a machine can't replace his genius. I think also... I also don't... Don't think they were trying to do that, but I my opinion doesn't matter on that. I just don't understand what the point of this whole exercise is. Sure. Like, are she they also trying said, to prove something, or... Don't know. Um, this, to me, is just so part and parcel of the problem with AI, is that everybody has so much fun making fake art with it, and then those of us who are actual writers or performers or whatever, it's like, oh, we, I can't compete with an AI-generated superstar who has been dead for almost 20 years and therefore isn't going to get canceled anytime soon. Yeah. Like, what are you... How Let's is Let's talk this? about some of the ethics with all this. One is Kelly Carlin said in a later tweet, uh, 
somebody asked, did you give them permission to do this? She said, in all caps, zero permission granted. Of course not. not. Um, So why do this again? And we don't know if this was actual AI or someone, something a person wrote and then put in George Carlin's voice or something else. Because you can't do that with AI. Like you can recreate a person's voice and just have them say whatever you want. Right. The deep fakes exist out Mm. there. I I should say the video that was on YouTube did not include a deep fake of Carlin saying any of this stuff. It just had images Mm. in the background. Um, But let's talk about some of the questions that I think are worth considering. One is, yeah, what is what will this do? What's the purpose if someone listens to this? I think I don't know. I listened to pretty much all of it and I came away thinking, oh, that was an interesting experiment they tried there. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not Carlin. But if I wanted to hear like what might he say? Eh, gives me some food for thought. It was interesting, and I found some of it really funny. And that was it. I guess I would have thought this was a more interesting experiment if they did it with, like, a Dave Chappelle, somebody who is still active and working. could also be. I think that would at least give me the sense of we just want to see we because we you can have it? like a comparison right like yeah. it, it, you know if we make <laughs> Patton Oswalt's next special can... what would a funny Chappelle actually sound <laughs> like today but you know like at least that would have the trappings of like an experiment this is yeah. just like a guy's been dead for a long time and I want to know what he would have said so I'm going to say what I think in his <laughs> voice yeah I mean my the fear to me is is there anyone who would encompass this fake special into their memory of what Carlin offered us. Mm -hmm. If they can do this with him, who's next? Just because we have the technology to pull it off, in theory. Mm. Should we? And what effect does this have on his legacy? I mean, imagine this. What if in this fake special, fake Carlin said something egregiously offensive? That's exactly what I was about to ask you. What if he was anti-trans? Yeah, what damage would that do to his reputation, his album sales of stuff that he put out a while ago. I don't even think about that. It's just like your legacy. I think George would Carlin would be... Would you start thinking be, negatively yeah, about Yeah, I think George, George Carlin, Carl, uh, he would be less worried about his album sales, I presume, since he's dead, and much more worried about people putting words in his mouth. I would yeah. be furious. Yes. Even if it sounds like something I would say, I would be fucking furious if somebody tried to take my voice and my ideas and create something new with it. Like, ooh, through no creative endeavor of their own, just plug it into a program. It's it's upsetting. I, I, I think that's what the whole thing is. Is It's, it, it's theft of some kind. It, it is... I think you're right about that. I think it's the putting words in someone else's mouth that he didn't authorize. Mm -hmm. That feels sketchy. Mm -hmm. Here's another question. Um, Getting away from the AI for a second. What does it say about Carlin's famous critiques of God and religion if a machine or another writer can point out so many of the glaring, obvious problems with religious beliefs. Like, was his genius just highlighting religious contradictions and hypocrisy in a way a lot of people had not seriously considered? Was it the delivery of those ideas in a unique, memorable way? Because, again, he's not the first person to think of any of this, Mm -hmm. the ideas. He just found a way to package it in a way that was so interesting. Well, I mean, all art is theft. People say things like that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and... and no, he wasn't the first person to say, like, oh, God, why why bad things? But he said it in a way that captivated a, a people who maybe weren't willing to hear that 10 years before or wouldn't have been willing to hear it from a different messenger. I, I, and I don't think a lot of comedians, certainly not famous ones, were covering that stuff 
right. at his level. Right. And so it's like, okay, when you say it, people will listen. Exactly. That's interesting, too. I was also wondering why didn't this special... I found it funny, but it didn't move me. It didn't, like, make me rethink things the way I felt when I heard Carlin's original bits on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wondered, is that because these ideas are just no longer unfamiliar to me or because I've listened to so many stand-ups and critiques of religion that I feel just used yeah. to all the rhetoric here. Yeah, because I, I, for me, it's like the premise of if God, then why bad is fine for a, like, a premise of your special. But if your like, opening line is, if God, then why bad? It's, it's just not an original thought. It's neither an original thought nor put in an interesting and original way. Okay. And I think those are the two big things about like stand up and performing in that is an an idea and slash or a way to look at that idea in a way that maybe people haven't before. And I think stand up is very good at that. I think again, Pat Oswald. I think it could be. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it could be. <sighs> anyway, here's another one. How much credit does this AI? Let's assume it was AI that they fed it in, and it wasn't just some dude writing it all. How the much ch- credit would it deserve? When, to your point about art. This special would not have been possible, according to the disclaimer at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. without feeding the machine Carlin's earlier material. So this special literally doesn't replace Carlin. It owes a debt to him, because yeah. without his creativity, you don't get this material, mm-hmm. which means you really can't resurrect long-dead comedians mm-hmm. until they're giving you stuff to work with. So you still need those people to give you the starting uh, ingredients yeah. And I'm curious like what conservative-leaning Carlin fans, because I know they exist... And I, I know that because they try to yell at millennials that we would never be able to stand Carlin's whatever, even though <laughs> he wasn't making fun of me. He was making fun of you, Stan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious how they react. To, I, I'm curious how people who do not have our share our moral value of society would react to the kind of not pro trans thing, but certainly not anti trans thing. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it just feels it's cheating. It is. A message that some this guy wants to deliver, or Mad Ma- Mad TV alum wants to deliver. He either like I don't, it's just what's the fucking point? This he guy's said, a stand-up. Go write your own fucking stand-up and perform. This is just the stand-up pointless. says he did did not write the material. He said on his show he was a little bit speechless because he was surprised by what he was listening to. Um, I don't know if the video is going to stay online. It's been up for about two weeks, but this is. It says in the description, this is our second full-length comedy special. The first one, uh, which was removed from YouTube, used the likeness of Tom Brady to to do something else. And Mm. Tom Brady's people threatened legal action. That Mm. video was taken down. Kelly Carlin said she's having her lawyers look at it. I don't know if they'll take it down. I don't know what basis they would take it down because the the disclaimers are all over the place. Um, maybe they change the title, but otherwise they make it clear. Yeah, this is fake. We're this... about to see a decade of really confusing lawsuits, <laughs> aren't we? Don't worry, the Supreme Court's in good hands, so everything will be fine. Um, anyway, I thought the special was interesting. I get that it's ethically dubious for so many reasons, but honestly, I enjoy comedians, period, who discuss these topics if they're good at it. Yeah, And I thought this... Thing I guess was like not the worst. It was weird to hear it from Carlin's voice, but if some other person said pretty much the same stuff, it's like yeah, I probably would listen to that too. It wasn't bad. Yeah, uh, no. People got so mad about the ethics of it all. No, I didn't see any 
articles because from mainstream things talking about the actual substance of what was cares, being said. Who cares, I guess. Like, yeah, I think that was their an, take, too. If an AI can generate a halfway decent joke about trans people, like, who fucking cares? So can a billion other people, and I want to And pay none of them me. are getting paid for it. Yeah, I want to <laughs> pay... Like, that. to me, that's always, always what it's going to come down to is... We're not using AI to make people's lives easier. We're ma- using AI to make sure artists can super not afford to live. Do you know, like, back in the day, they used to have, like, grants for artists that they were like, oh, come live in New York. We'll put you up in an apartment, and you can write the next great play. Some famous playwright did, and I can't think of who it was. And, like, we don't care those about exist. art anymore. There are very few of those Yeah, there's, grants. like, two of them. Yeah, it's, like, the MacArthur <laughs> Genius Grant and one other. <laughs> right. It, it just, it's so frustrating for people to obviously see the joy of creating something, right? Because, like, even if you're not talented, you're, quote, unquote, creating something in AI, but want to make sure that people can't really, like, people with actual skills or original thoughts could... It's just, to what end? Like, what are we doing here? Hemant, you have so few hours in your life. Why would you waste it And on... I'm just saying an hour of my time. Actually, 30 minutes. I listen on twice speed. But, like, go an listen to a... An hour of my life was not wasted listening Maybe to this special... Maybe go listen to a real trans comedian or a black cr- comedian or anybody who's not a literal dead old white guy. Maybe go just listen to a new perspective on things. Maybe that's what it's all about, is... George, like you said, George Carlin was original in his time. His thoughts might not be as original anymore because he was so good at it. So good. He laid the groundwork so other people can actually do substantial, interesting, controversial work as opposed to, like, kids these days, blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't need it. We don't need dead George Carlin to tell us how to think or to be entertained. We have so much entertainment around here. Let him rest. He was a hard worker. All right. And with that... We will go to a totally different story. I told Jess before the show, like, hey, this might be a short one. There's not that much I wanted to talk but about. Then and then um, let's talk about Greg Locke. Greg mm, Locke, the Christian, ha- yep, my friend uh, and Christian hate preacher from Tennessee. He has that big circus tent of a church where he spews right wing propaganda. Does he move it around or does it just live in a place? Just lives in the tent. <laughs> um, well, that tent was destroyed. Oh, no. Uh, Tennessee got like half a millimeter of snow and it destroyed the state. No, he said there was like seven inches of snow and it basically caved in his circus tent. Thankfully, no one was hurt. But Global Vision Bible Church suffered, he said, a, quote, grave amount of damage. He aired a Facebook live stream uh, where he basically did a tour of the tent. And you could see, yeah, there are like three poles like, they were damaged, yeah. and there's a hole in the tent. Sure, circus tents were ever meant to be permanent <laughs> fixtures in snow-laden areas, but what do I know? Right? The snow caused part of the roof of the tent to sag and then mm. cave under the weight. There's a hole in the roof. The HVAC system has been damaged as well. An HVAC system in They had thing? an HVAC system. Huh. Um, he said insurance would probably cover equipment damage, like the amps and the microphones, but fixing the structure would probably have to come out of his own pocket Why? or the pocket of the people there. It wasn't insured? Uh, I don't know how what you insure of... a tent. Well, uh, that's, that's why you do it, I guess. It, yeah. He estimated it would cost $150,000. I don't... All right, whatever. I don't know what circus tents cost in the year of our Lord 2024, <laughs> Hammond. Yeah. He said <sighs> in the video, he admitted this was nobody's fault, which is unusual for him because he loves to throw fault at witches. But he did say prophetically, uh-huh. setbacks are divine setups 
And then he told people to give him money and mm. to pray for the haters that are going to rejoice over this mild setback. I think he's talking about us. So when Hurricane Katrina destroyed New Orleans, mm-hmm. it was because of the gays. Yes. But when a single Christian fundamentalist tent was destroyed by a freak snowstorm mm-hmm. in Tennessee, that's what? nobody's fault. He hasn't decided who to blame yet. Mm. He will. He'll get there. Give him a second. Yeah. Um, I believe in him. He'll find a scapegoat, like, that man. Here's the thing. I'm glad no one got hurt because unlike him, I actually care about the health and safety of his congregation. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he doesn't care what happens to them because he's like telling them lies about vaccines and that they don't need them. Mm-hmm. Remember, when he first, the reason this tent is there mm-hmm. is because a few years ago when he had a small church, it was getting a little bigger. But at the time when COVID happened, they were like, you can't have meetings with a lot of people indoors. Mm. So he said, fine, I'm going to set up a tent outside because technically that means we're outside. And now everyone can come in. Mm-hmm. And then he proceeded to flout all the social distancing rules. Later, he told worshipers that if they wore masks in his tent, they would be kicked out. He put up a sign that yeah. said, this is a mask-free church campus. It's called personal liberty, Hemant. Uh-huh. Look it up. And then, like, allegedly one member of that church that we know of, because we know his name, died from COVID, mm. and none of that mattered to him. But this is why he put up the tent. And then, when he's in the circus tent, it just takes on this revival spirit he leans more into science denial, conspiracy theories, right-wing politics. He talks about how he's going to go after witches, how he's hmm. um, doing Fucking all these... Bring it on, my his dude. His whole shtick now is, I'm going to get rid of the demons. And he's also said, even if we broke ground today, we would still need to be in a tent for two to three years because they're growing, they're growing so fast, he says. Which is Does to say... Three years to build their building? He's saying even if you gave me a a bigger building, we would outgrow it soon enough. So the tent is necessary, he says. Has the tent, uh, just a really important question, has the tent physically grown over the course Um, of the last six years? Well, there was a tornado uh, in 2021, and it took down the tent then, too. Okay, but if his thing is we can't build a permanent structure because we're growing too quickly, I would just like to hear the proof and see how... how, I just want to see the the tents as they got bigger. I'm sure he has a, a chart of his membership and thereby the tent and the size. Yeah. And, and that's why he can't have a building, right? Otherwise, this tent thing is going to blow up every three years or so <laughs> yeah. because weather and tents. But surely, surely, obviously... Surely there's a, public data available about any surely church. Surely a structure will be a better thing than a tent. I don't and know if it was necessarily need. bigger, but he did have to rebuild the tent and he's tried to put bandages on it whenever there were complaints. Like Again, if it, can't... Cannot be clear enough. All of those things would be solved by a full building with walls and a roof. Could be. Um, he didn't build the tent with stability in mind. Remember, he put this up in COVID when his goal was just to let him keep preaching without a pause because he was pushing right-wing conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. And then he never really invested in the structure. Oh, it sounds like the American infrastructure system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would think the tornado in 2021 would have been a wake-up call. But mm. no, like last year, for example, there were complaints in the community about all the noise because it's not a building. It's just I an open tent. I forgot about that. So another he, thing walls would fix. So he claimed, I'll put up another bigger tent. Uh, at the time, in a news article, he said, it's the same size and we'll build walls on the inside to insulate it. 
So we're just doing our best so to fix... So it's a bigger tent, but it's the same size tent? And it's a building now. I don't know. It didn't work. The oh, it's sound a double tent. Double tent. Oh, well, double tents are famously soundproof. Let me teach you about you Taco Bell. If you go to Taco Bell, oh. you can get multiple tacos. Sure. Uh, and that's supposed to insulate the inside. I don't know. Um, that's, anyway. That's how you soundproof the taco from the outside. Right. The sound complaints have <laughs> not gone away. The has to be on the inside. The soft tortillas on right. the outside. You that... understand mm-hmm. my I dilemma you, here. The sound complaints have not gone away. The mm. traffic around his cult compound have gotten worse. Mm. Uh, Locke is now facing multiple lawsuits. Is his, he? his neighbors are suing over the noise and water runoff concerns. Oh, the county no. is suing him for violating local zoning laws because you can't just erect a a sure. structure Does where he... you're bringing in all this traffic. Who owns the land? Does he? I believe he owns the land, the land. but also the but traffic need... to get there. You can't just 100%. magically bring and everyone in. Like, if you guys don't live in the United States, just because you own land doesn't mean you can put whatever the fuck you want right. on it. There's zoning laws. For better or for worse, Basically, the circus-like atmosphere has made life worse for everybody who except doesn't want to... Except for Greg Locke, Except personally. for Greg Locke. And he doesn't care. They, yeah. they don't want to deal with this bullshit, but he just makes matters worse because he doesn't care about anyone else. Now, his tent has been destroyed. Mm. He said... This happened, like, Sunday-ish, maybe Monday... He said this tent will be back up and running this weekend. It's like, I don't know, man. That's a really quick time this to fix. This weekend? I thought he had to raise $150,000 for it. Oh, it costs $150,000. So I assume this is, is a fundraising bid. Oh, he's absolutely raising funds. I don't know that even if you had the money, you could get it up and running yeah. within a week. And that makes me worry about the safety yeah. I don't, I, well, apparently we're the only two any... people on earth who care about the safety yeah. of these congregants. He doesn't care, which is scary. Yeah. He says he'll be preaching again in the tent this weekend. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, a couple things about that. One is on Wednesday when he had his midweek service, a local Marriott hotel said, according to Locke, he said the Mar- courtyard by Marriott has given us a large gathering room platform and sound system for the service. And I don't know if that means they donated it in the spirit of, hey, this is... Or he's renting it out um, from Mary. Maybe he's renting it out. He said they gave it to him. And if that's true, with a big uh, grain of salt, Uh. maybe the hotel thought, oh, a church is in danger. We can provide them space because no one's using it on Wednesday night. And Mm -hmm. it's good PR for us. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's their thought. Could be. But also, dude, do you know who you're giving this to because I mean, he's not be a, a random church it could be a thousand things it could also be like some random av person who works at the marriott it could be i called them greg Locke. oh you called them you I journalist called them up and the guy who answered it's the investigative phone investigative journalism baby i felt like it was an easy question like did you actually give them the yeah. church uh and the guy who answered said oh what you're talking about well, and the manager's not in 17 year old kid named yeah, greg i know and i asked for the manager and the manager wasn't in but he did hold a service at that hotel on Wednesday night. Um, and now the question is, what's going to happen Sunday? Are you going to go back to a hotel? Are you renting a place out? Are you going back to the tent? I don't know. Um, another interesting thing. Locke, famously, is a climate change denier, mm. which is he insisted that Andrew Tate was arrested, not for the alleged sex trafficking, mm. but because he disagreed with Greta Thunberg. Oh, sure. I have had so many knocks at my door to be like, hey, do you or do you not agree with Greta Thunberg? And I'm Uh like, yeah, I do. And they're like, you're so fucking lucky, lady. Climate change, of course, leads to more extreme weather. And now that extreme weather has hit lock directly. What do you mean? It's only been negative zero, negative zero, negative 10 here for Uh the last week. And we 
almost never have seen that kind of weather before the last <laughs> eight years or so. Like it's Polar cold. vortex, new? It's cold uh-huh. for Chicago, which is famously cold. That's true of yeah, a lot of and places. And we're tough. Chicagoans are yeah. fucking tough about the weather. So when we're complaining about it. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with this tent, but uh, I am worried for his congregation if he tries to go back into his tent uh, this weekend because I don't think he's going to be able to get it back up. But he's now acting like he's going to start acting like he's being persecuted if he can't get everything he wants quickly. Well, that's sort of their game plan, right? Right. Like and that means it's dangerous for his own congregation. And that's the least of his concerns because he doesn't think about them. (laughs) So let's talk about at least one other thing that happened this week because it's new and it's important. And in West Virginia, Republicans this week filed a bill because what do they want to do? They want to get intelligent design back in public school science classes. Oh, that's back up and running mountain mama. (laughs) Senate bill 280 would literally add a clause to the state code permitting teachers to tell kids some higher power poofed them into existence. Here is the addition to the state law. If this bill passes, Teachers in public schools, including public charter schools that include any one or more of grades kindergarten through 12, may teach intelligent design as a theory of how the universe and her humanity came to exist. Are there a lot of biology teachers itching for this? Uh, none. Okay. Because <clears throat> I didn't bill- learn about evolution until advanced biology sophomore year. Uh-huh. Like, I knew what it was, but I'd never really learned about it. Yeah. So I guess I'm just wondering... Yeah, who are the teachers clamoring for this? I don't know. Couldn't find any. They didn't testify about this. Like, our third grade teachers, like, hey, guys, this is getting <laughs> real... I, I, they're asking me questions I can't answer. Because <laughs> the problem with West, West Virginia education, it's that it's not bad enough. They're ranked 47, by the mm, way, in the country, yeah. according to Newsweek, anyway. The bill that was introduced is identical to one that State Senator Amy Grady introduced last year. Last year, when they tried to get the intelligent design bill through, it uh, passed in the state Senate mm-hmm. 27 to 6, um, but then it died in the House Education Committee. Doesn't mean they voted against it, just means they, they didn't, didn't get, get around to it? to it, maybe, for whatever reason. But she filed the same bill again this de- year. Okay, so you have to refile it You every have to session. refile it. So she refiled it. She has more sponsors mm. than she did last year. Last year, she had one co-sponsor. This year, she has, uh, like, six. Whoa! Seven of them. Seven other re- Yeah, seven other Republicans who are all in on this. The bill never defines intelligent design, which is a weird thing to uh, just put in the law. Yeah. But all you need to know about it is that there's no scientific support for the idea. Creationism says God created humanity in the universe. Intelligent design just says uh, something created the universe and humanity. And then we're here. And now we're here. Um, Intelligent design was basically thought up as a way to get around bans on creationism. Famously, and I don't know if people listening are old enough to remember this, but in 2005, when this went to federal courts, like, can you teach intelligent design in the classroom? The funniest bit of evidence that the science side had is that the argument from the science side is they just, like, copy-pasted, like, or copy-replaced. Every time they saw creationist, they replaced it with something called design proponent, whoever was the intelligent designer. (laughs) And famously, they screwed up at one point and they showed evidence of an old creationist textbook and the new revised textbook where the copy-paste job was so bad that it said, instead of creationists, uh. it said, see design proponentists. Uh-oh. 
which is hilarious because well, like they literally tried to replace the word creationist and didn't do it. But this proves our point. They're just replacing yeah. the old word with a new word. So it's the same thing. And the federal judge obviously said, yes, yeah, the same thing. You cannot teach intelligent design in science class. Was this the same one that was <clears throat> um, uh, if, if intelligent or if cre- uh, evolution is real, then we would have like, why are there still monkeys? No, it was <clears throat> Like, uh, uh, you would have to show animals that have only partial legs as they were coming out of the thing. And they were like, I mean, those are just bad evolution arguments that creation apologists. And they're just like, here's the thing you were looking for. Is this what you meant? And they're like, no. (laughs) Those arguments have always been around. This is the the whole intelligent design thing was a way to say, what if we just don't say it's Christian or God? Does that work? And the federal judge said no. West Virginia has not heard about that because Wi-Fi is low there. Mm. And so be nice in, to West Virginia. They seceded from Virginia hey, listen, so they could be a union. I like state. the five percent of you who are awesome there. Sydney McElroy, Justin McElroy, what's <laughs> up, babies? So this is obviously nothing more than an attempt to water down science classes mm-hmm. by giving certain teachers leeway and legal cover to spread lies to students. And if the bill were to pass you can bet there would be a lawsuit filed. And mm-hmm. this isn't one of those things that Christians have spent a lot of time trying to fight for in recent years because it's a lost cause. Yeah. Um, for now, it's already passed out of the Senate Education Committee, <laughs> which happens to be chaired by Amy Grady. Oh, that's ha- helpful. Again, it's West Virginia, overwhelmingly Republican state. The re- legislature, ha- can, Republicans can do whatever they want. Um, but there was a change they made before it passed out of the Education Committee. And Uh-oh. this is a change from last year. Instead of saying, let's teach, allow teachers to say intelligent design is an option, here's what the revised bill now says, and this is the one that got passed out of the committee. No public school board, school superintendent, or school principal shall prohibit a public school classroom teacher from discussing or answering questions from students about scientific theories of how the universe and or life came to exist. Okay. I am fine with that because that sounds great because what is not a scientific theory? Creationism. <laughs> you are correct. On all so, fronts, this is the weird no thing. No notes. They replaced... We already know they replaced creationism with intelligent design. Yeah. But this bill, to try to get around whatever hurdles they had last year, they replaced intelligent design with scientific theories. Which is shooting themselves in the foot. Which is shooting themselves in the foot. Which And the new bill now says teachers can't be stopped from discussing or discussing scientific theories with students about the universe and or humanities, which, like you said, that kind of makes the whole bill meaningless because, one, teachers can already do that, and two, creationism and intelligent design are not scientific theories. Hmm. So why are the Republicans fighting for this bill, which just reiterates what teachers can already do? So like, they can if, run on it. If so- this bill passes... It would still be illegal to discuss intelligent design. Yeah, but Amy Bamey or whatever her name is will be able to say, hey, uh, West Virginia District 402, I passed this meaningless bill because I love Christians. Aren't you Christians? So this is interesting because if she wants to run on that, and if any of these Christians want to run on that, it would actually just make lives worse for the teachers because... They don't care about teachers. If... She is going around. If these Republicans are saying we're doing this because we want to allow teachers to teach intelligent design in the classroom, Mm -hmm. and any teacher actually tries to do that because she has told them this is what the bill allows you to do, they would all be wrong, and they would be victim to a potential lawsuit. I have a question about this. 
well, I guess a public school system is beheld to the Department of Education, right? So this, so, mm-hmm. so a public school could not if it's say a good public school under system. our umbrella, right. we will not be teaching. Or if this passes, is that the implication? They can't say or do anything that violates the law. They have leeway. Okay. They, the federal guidelines on what you have to teach are relative. It's a low bar. Okay. Good school districts take that material, go above and beyond it. Right. Um, but what you can't do is to say, fine, we'll do what the federal guidelines require mm-hmm. us to do, but then we'll add bullshit to it yeah. because that's where you could get into trouble. And the thing is, like, there was a lawmaker, a state senator in West Virginia. His name, I'm not making this up, is Charles Trump. Uh, no relation as far as I know. But he said when he said he had heartburn over the last version of this bill last year. Not heartburn. Heartburn. <laughs> heartburn last year. And he said he couldn't vote for it last year. He ended up deciding he would have to vote against it. But then this year he said, this committee substitute with the scientific theories has addressed the concerns that I had last year. And I'm happy to say that I am now able to support it. Yay. Which is How's fine. his heartburn though? No one cares. Does he need Tums? <laughs> But, like, of course he can Did support it. Did he have something it. spicy for lunch that day? Everyone can support this bill because it just reiterates the status quo. Like, I mean, are, do they not understand this? By the way, the ACLU of West Virginia, mm. before that change was made, they put out a tweet saying, we don't teach astrology in astronomy class. We don't teach alchemy in chemistry class. We won't be teaching creationism in biology class either. SB 280, allowing intelligent design in public schools, is unconstitutional. We'll see the state in court if it passes. Um, well, now it doesn't have intelligent design. It just says, <laughs> I, I really do think they're just dumb enough that they revised the bill mm-hmm. To undo the thing they were trying to do in the first place. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers lately, and this feels like a uniquely Louise and Jean scheme of like, okay, we lost on this front. I think it was on a technicality, and we don't understand what that technicality is. So if we change this one word, surely they'll buy this. And because apparently West Virginia's state senate is a cartoon place, they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, thanks everybody. This makes much more sense. I don't, I really want to know if they're dumb enough to realize what they've done. No, and I don't I, think so. I don't think they've figured because, it out yet. Because also, did you say it's scientific theory? Is scientific, that what you said? You, you are, they can't stop you from teaching scientific, scientific theories theory. about the origins. I don't think that they are uh, dumb enough to think that this is going to like pull one over. I do think that they are ignorant enough to use the word theory in a, like pedestrian way, the way I have a theory about how Hemet is secretly a monster who has never True. seen another human being before. Nope. That's my personal theory, Accurate. but it's not a scientific theory until <laughs> my data comes back. Data comes like back. Like they're going to come back and say evolution is not scientific, but the, this bill has nothing to do with that. No. So like scientific theory has meat. Like, I think that's the thing is words have meaning to people like you and me. And I think for a lot of people who are, maybe more abstract in their thinking. Words are a little more ephemeral <laughs> and they can sort of mean whatever vibe you're putting out. So when we say scientific theory, we're like, oh, like the theory of evolution that's been supported by yeah. science for thousand for hundreds of years. I or wanna... do you mean my theory that the universe is actually out to get me and that's why I'm so sad all the time? I want to see their face when they realize what they've done. It'll be, wait, I'm going to do it. You just describe it to me. It's going to be this smiling sign then... Big smile followed by, wait a minute. Dead eyes, dead eyes, dead yes. eyes. Oh my God, oh my God, is this what we did it for? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I, I just, yeah, I, I would love, love to see like just the, the light fade from their eyes slowly as These they realize These people are so anti-scientific. Done. They accident, the Republicans accidentally passed a pro-science yeah. bill and sure don't even did. know they've done it. See, I'm telling you, best Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> when you're so bad, you go back around to the yeah, other side. Yeah, right? It's horseshoe theory um, all over again. <laughs> during the meeting in the education committee, Senate Education Committee for this bill, two students, uh, you know how much I love making students? fun of children. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, two, this is from a newspaper article about it. Two Hurricane High School juniors, uh, forget their names, doesn't matter. The promoted in West and famously landlocked West Virginia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> promoted the bill to the panel. One of the kids who also addressed the senators last year oh said boy. the idea came to him from a science teacher who wished he could discuss intelligent design as an option, but feared repercussions. Wow. He came up with that idea all by himself well, as think, a child two I, years in a row. I think this kid <laughs> said my science teacher wanted to teach us creationism, but feared that he could get in trouble for it. So he asked a state senator to do something about it. And then this state senator passed up, tried to pass this bill last year. It failed. They're trying it again. But again, like this should be embarrassing for these kids. These kids are going to the state government to testify and they're just revealing how bad they are at science. Well, and it's embarrassing to the legislature legislators as well. When it's like, Oh, my teacher wanted to teach me this thing, but but my they teacher, couldn't. But like, I don't my know. My teacher wanted to lie to me. Can you please help them? Like, if you took a chemistry class in the 1990s, you were always in danger in high school. So they're not going to come to you and be like, "Oh, are you doing?" Yeah. Like, kids of are, all the things schools need to fix in West Virginia, yeah, it's this, not dumbing down your science class to talk about non-science. This ain't it. So I don't know. I. Again, I don't know why they're taking a victory lap over this, and I don't know what the fate of this bill is going to be. But if it passes the full Senate and then gets through the House, Mm -hmm. because, again, at this point, fine. Yeah. But also, do you realize this doesn't do any of the stuff you were actually trying to do? Oh, 100%. I would love to know from either you or our listeners, is there any um, studies about, like, high school science teachers and their views on on evolution versus creationism and things like that. I'm just among science teachers. Among science teachers, because I'm just wondering who, how many of this made up biology teacher that you know Stanley invented. Yes. His name was Albert Einstein. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that got me. Right. See, that's funny because I was surprised. See, humor. Take that, George Carlin's <laughs> ghost. George Carlin's ghost. <laughs> um. I don't know what I was saying. That was very funny, Heaven. <laughs> I gotta hand it to you, bud. <laughs> How many teachers want this to yes, happen? Zero is you. the answer. Um, I mean, again, even in general, the last thing teachers want is for state officials who don't know what they're doing to micromanage what they're allowed to teach in class. They Leave want, it to the science people. They want who state know what officials to just give them money. Yeah. Uh, Pay them better, give them the freedom they need within the parameters that make sense. Do you know through this entire episode, my dog has been hiding and rehiding one single bone all over the house? Nice. It's been very fun for nice. me to watch. A uh, couple <sighs> last things for you here, um, because these are not new, but they're worth mentioning. The Congressional Free Thought Caucus, that uh, caucus oh, yeah. of like 20 Our boys. Uh, Congress people, all Democrats, they put out a big Not report. Not even an independent in there. Not a single one. Mm. They put out a paper this week highlighting Mike Johnson, Speaker Mike Johnson's ties to Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff we've discussed in specific uh, over the past couple of months. But basically, they're saying we tried to have a meeting with him 
we're Congress people. We wanted to meet with the Speaker of the House mm -hmm. to discuss some of our concerns regarding things he's said and promoted before he became Speaker. Mike Johnson said no to us. So we are releasing this paper to highlight the concerns we have and the questions we wish he would answer. Yeah. So that's the basis for why they're putting this out. And overall, I mean, we have talked about Mike Johnson's uh, faith-based weirdness, mm. like his covenant marriage that is better than everyone so else's weird. marriage. The Christian spying software he uses to spy on his son's internet so history and, and vice, versa. vice versa. His attendance at a purity ball back in the day. Imagine knowing what kind of porn your dad watches and then Don't bragging know, about man. it to the country. Yeah. Um, and in this oh, case, God, Jared dude. Huffman and Jamie Raskin and the other 18 members of the caucus, they pointed out in this paper, we respect, celebrate, and treasure his right and the right of every American to freely practice his faith. They're not going after his faith. They don't care. Yep. Their concern is where it intersects with politics. And if you get a chance to read this paper, and I urge you to read it, we'll have a link in the show notes, they basically highlighted four areas where they are concerned. One is church-state separation. Mike mm. Johnson has called for a biblically sanctioned government, mm -hmm. whatever that means. He doesn't believe the First Amendment protects, uh, keeps the church from the state. We that can get into true. that in a moment. Yep. He doesn't believe the Establishment Clause should Correct. be used to s prevent the intrusion of religion into the public the square. I just said, haven't yep. <laughs> He has lied about Thomas Jefferson's support for church-state separation. Mm -hmm. He has filed legislation. I would add this. I don't think it was in their paper. He has filed legislation forcing witnesses in front of House subcommittees to use So Help Me God in their oaths mm. when Democrats were trying to get rid of that. Um, and they had a lot of questions in this section. Here's an example. Since he views the United States as a Christian nation, what does that mean for Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, and other believers and non-believers? Mm -hmm. Does he support laws that favor Christianity over other religions or that favor the Bible over other religious texts? Mm-hmm. Um, another section of this paper. I would love for them to drill down on, like, the version of the Bible. I feel like that yeah, would be really counts? fertile. Don't you think? Of, like, okay, the same way I said, okay, it's a Christian nation. Y'all pick which version of Christianity it mm -hmm. is. I would love to just, like, put them in a, you know, in a Tell pit, the right like one. the Christians with lions in yeah. Rome or whatever. Like, you guys pick. You come <laughs> back to us with whatever you decide, and we'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, I was interested this week. This has nothing to do with this story. But usually my frustration is none of the media people that have access to Mike Johnson ever ask him about this stuff because yep. they ask about, like, the budget and all that stuff, which is important, but it's never about church-state stuff. This week, some reporter, I don't know which one, asked Mike Johnson, do you think, I'm paraphrasing, do you think Joe Biden is president because God wanted it to be that way? Which was fantastic. Wow. And you can see... I'm paraphrasing again. I don't have it in front of me. When Mike Johnson answered the question, he's like, he took a second. He's like, oh, I know why you're asking me this because I said God put me in this position. And? So, And he basically admitted, yes, I believe God put Joe Biden in this position, but uh, voters have a say, and I hope they choose something differently because God gave God us... God tells them to yeah. choose a different... It was hilarious. It is pinned it him God down. or is it the voters? Because right. it can't be both. I'm telling know, you that right fucking now. It was dude. great. I love to see that question. I hope they do more. That's Another thing the Congressional Free Thought Caucus brought up in this paper, using public education and public resources to promote evangelical Christianity. And among... they After highlighting 
a bunch of things Johnson has done that's disturbing, like mm-hmm. defending religious proselytizing in public schools, pushing for coach-led prayers in public schools, putting Christian symbols in courthouses. They asked him, will he continue advocating for the display of sectarian iconography in public places? Mm -hmm. Does that include the U.S. Capitol? Mm -hmm. Will he work to direct subsidies or other public resources to religious enterprises, such as the Noah's Ark theme park or the Museum of the Bible? Hmm. Another part of the paper, curtailing civil rights and liberties in the name of religion. Hmm. Basically, he's super anti-gay. So are you going to do more of that? They asked, does he think states have the power to ban interracial marriage? Uh, does he support religious religion-based immigration tests uh, like Trump's anti-Muslim policies? Right, right, right. Again, these are all rhetorical because he won't meet with them to answer the questions, but, you know, reporters who have access to him could ask. And finally, they brought up undermining democracy and mm-hmm. the extreme Christian nationalist agenda, and they pointed out, is there any part of the Christian nationalist movement including hate groups attempting to overturn the 2020 election and calls for political violence that Speaker Johnson is willing to denounce or disavow. Does he support the Project 2025 agenda? If Mr. Johnson is Speaker of the House, what was next Project 2025? Uh, that's the you know Project Blitz. Yeah. This is the playbook for the next Republican president, Fucking and it's very still detailed. Call it Project Blitz, you guys. They don't do it anymore now. It's Project 2025. Because I made fun of them so hard. Yep. And they say they also asked if Mr. Johnson is Speaker of the House in January if Republicans oh, keep you. the House, and if Joe Biden wins at least 270 electoral votes. Will he in any way oppose, obstruct, or delay Mm. like the certification of the results? Mm. Again, all of these are great questions Mm. that should be asked of the Speaker of the House, who has the most power among all Republicans right now in uh, Congress, but they're not asked. And the CFC pointed out, like most Americans, we don't want to live in a theocracy. We want answers to these questions. And if he's not going to meet with us to answer them, then we'll just put it out there. And I appreciate that. Uh, One last thing, I'm not even going to do this as a separate story, but I haven't seen any mention of this. Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, famously gave a fist to the insurrectionists Mm -hmm. on January 6th uh, and then ran away in security footage, Mm -hmm. like ran away from those same insurrectionists. Like a little baby boy. Uh, He's like a Harvard Law School grad. He's super smart, but of course he rails against the elites. Sure. Um, He wrote a long academic essay for a Christian journal called uh, First Things. And it is it is long. It has a lot of big words. And it's basically written for the kind of Christians who read academic journals. Sure. The three of them. Uh-huh. But it is all about why, yeah, we live in a Christian nation. And yeah, oh. we should support that. He says, this is just one section of it. Americans, America's ideal has been the religion of the Bible. Christianity in particular. That is changing now, obviously, and Mm -hmm. not for the better. As the left works to impose an arid secularism, American culture increasingly has no memory of the religious tradition that made it. And without that tradition, no moral order to bind us together. America has been a Christian nation. We can be again. If Christians will recover against, again, their confidence that the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks to every facet of our common life for the future of the, na- for the, future of the nation and the honor of the gospel, so we good. must. I know. This went on for so like 4,500 words. Jesus Christ. Honestly, it was super boring. So boring. But it was all writing. It's from a 
very intelligent and super Trumpy senator mm. writing to these sort of academic Christians mm. saying, here's my justification for how we can make this a Christian nation again, as if it's not enough of one already. Yeah. Um, trying annoying. to use big words like... This is not the sort of thing you publish in, like, Breitbart. Right, 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 This right. is the sort this of is, thing he's reaching. This is, like, a high-end call to action sort of yes. deal. Yes, yeah. and it, for that reason, it's kind of frightening that he's doing that. I don't know if he wrote the whole thing or if one of his people did, probably sure. his people, but his name is on the byline. It's the only one there, and it said nothing of substance, but it's designed to look academic and smart. It's like Answers in Genesis puts mm-hmm. out, an, like, what they call a research journal, Sure, and sure, it's sure. pro-creationism papers mm-hmm. that look and sound smart. Mm-hmm. But if you ask anyone who actually studies this stuff, it's like, no, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. They didn't say anything. It's bullshit. That's what this is. But it's kind of scary that it got no attention sure. because he's reaching to a different audience pushing for it. And that should concern people. Have you listened to the first episode of The Jefferson Lies? I did. Warren Throckmorton, uh, who has covered I'm so glad you remembered David his name. Barton. I knew it was yeah. Warren. <laughs> he put out a podcast this week about David Barton mm-hmm. and how he lies about Christ- the Christian nation mm-hmm. myth. Uh, first episode is out. He has three more in the works that are coming out oh, in the next it? three oh, weeks. Oh, that's it? more. But if you're not familiar with it, yeah, it's I good. found it incredibly compelling. I would highly recommend it. It's, I just found it on iTunes or whatever. It's called The Jefferson Lies. And the first thing is just sort of... It's I mean, not like David Barton is using that title anymore. <laughs> and they go into... You know, the first episode is all about, like, uh, just his inconsistencies over the years and how he flip-flops on things he said when he gets called out and realizes they weren't real. He doesn't use primary sources. He's just a... He claims to be a historian, but is not, does not... And if you're wondering why historians say he's a bad historian, it went into depth about that. Because, like, truly, the sort of the journal journalistic ethics of it, right? Of like, you want to get first person accounts. So that's somebody who was there, wrote it down contemporaneously. Those are really important because otherwise you get, I don't know, a book that was written several hundred years after somebody died and like said there was a bunch of a uh, bunch of miracles that he he made but nobody knows because nobody was there like it's the same thing you can't just make up the thing you want to be true he just bends it's a lot of people bending the world to their will yeah and david barton has a lot of uh, a big audience in powerful places like josh hawley um imagine david barton's shtick that he gives to churches but then imagine if that looked like a college professor giving a lecture sure. about the same stuff. That's what that Holly yeah. essay was like. Yeah. Full of the same BS yeah. and nothingness, but cloaked in the veneer of like, mm-hmm. I'm a smart man talking about this stuff. Yeah, David Burton, if you're not familiar with him, is genuinely one of the most insidious men, I think, in the United States and right powerful. now. And, and powerful. powerful. That's why he's, he's insidious. He's a quote-unquote historian. He It's a self-proclaimed thing. He has a degree in, I think, dance, religious ballet, education. Whatever. First of all, some of us do have a degree in dance, and it's been really useful, and our backs don't hurt at all. <laughs> um, but he, all he does is dig through the founding fathers, which apparently he's very fast and loose with who the founding fathers are. Like basically any white dude who was like between 18 and up when the revolution, or like when the uh, constitution happened, they're like, yep, founding father. See, he said this. They're all founding fathers. Like he's going even deeper than button Gwinnett or whatever that guy's name is. Anyway, um, 
Where I would we... really recommend it. Yeah, you can you find can me. You can find us wherever. at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Discord. We have a Facebook group. You could find those links in the show notes as well. You can go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast to support this show. Uh, next week, we'll have more stuff to discuss. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add there? No, I want somebody to find out more information about the biology teachers who want to teach creationism. I'm very curious about that. <laughs> And with that, we'll do our uh, bonus episode. Oh, yeah. I have something to talk about there. Okay, good. I will probably talk about Bob's Burgers more. Excellent. See you next week. Bye.